This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I want to um, minister this morning. It's going to be a little different uh, thought. Let me say first, we've... Uh, what a week we've had two two cases where uh, the doctor's report was you were dead and they can't explain it why they're healed and just uh, those kind of things um, trying to get the doctors to speak and say something that is a challenge they uh, uh, they have you know, backed off, they will admit it's a miracle. And there was some kind of divine intervention. Don't know who that divine intervention was. And the people, both of them, said it was Jesus to the doctors. So they were a witness. But the doctor, one of them said, you shouldn't be here, you're supposed to be dead. And uh, when you have reports like that, and we're having many reports, one thing I want you to be praying about is uh, a lot of our praise reports are getting stolen. And I was pushing people to do videos, and I'm backing off from that. Because uh, Friday night, one of the couples um, that had this miracle in their life, they said they just don't want to get up and give a video. And uh, I think I've been pushing that maybe too much. If you don't want to give a video, that's fine. Just write it out. I've told people to write it out before, but they don't write it out. And we've got, I don't know how many testimonies, but one thing, testimonies are contagious. It, it breeds faith. It's, it's hearing what God is doing. So I'm coming against testimonies. And, and the Lord took me back. This has happened for years. We had a, a service where we had nothing but testimonies. And the whole thing... Uh, we did the recording equipment didn't work, and we've had this uh, many times where we've just lost a lot of testimony. So, um, just be in agreement with me that these testimonies we're not going to lose them because it 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 comes against the enemy and puts him in his place beneath our feet, and we need to be speaking what God is what He is doing, and. Um, April 24th, we're going to go in with the Summit Church. That's, uh, it's in Nesbeth, Mississippi. And we're going to do something called Arise and Engage. And I'll be doing a Sunday night, doing miracle service. We're just believing God. And uh, so I want to invite you to come, those on the, the healing team, especially be there because I'll probably be able to um, have you praying for people, helping out and stuff. But. Um, this was um, a pastor called. He'd heard about the healings we were having, not from anyone in the church. It was people outside the church, been meeting with him. So he's very much, his heart's that way. So we're going to do a meeting there. Then September we'll come here, and uh, we'll do it here. We're just believing God for breakthroughs and uh, the miracle working power of God to be released like never before. And in case you don't know it, we're living in a day where 
God's doing so much. It's a wonderful day to, to be alive. It's a wonderful day to be uh, on this planet. So uh, be in prayer uh, about that. We had 10 people saved Sunday, and uh, which was a miracle because I didn't even get the invitation in. And I'm thinking, what in the world, you know, we had eight people that actually got saved after praise and worship. We had, uh, many have told me they had opened doors to the people they invited like never before. Uh, some of them were Jewish and stuff. They let them pray for them afterwards and have opened up dialogue about who Jesus is <laughs> and and it's a miracle that they've been praying for years for this. So what a wonderful time. Great things are happening. And one thing the Lord did uh, tell me, I guess about three weeks ago, he said that um, to, to release uh, healing every Sunday. I don't know if you noticed for the last two or three weeks I've been releasing healing. Sunday morning at the end. And he said, do that and I will heal online. So... I want to be faithful to do that and, and to release healing. Uh, our healing and wellness stuff is all online. Got a couple good reports about that, listening, people listening to Joe and listening to the archives there. Um, people being healed listening to those archives. And that, that blesses me so much because one of them is really uh, a new believer. Came here, got saved, hasn't been saved. Uh, probably a year, but uh, I spoke to them, and they said they got, uh, just started listening online and feeding on this, and they sound completely different. I mean, uh, talked to them, and they said, it's just the devil, I'm resisting the devil, I'm speaking God's word, and it's, what? I said, this, this person is coming to a, a powerhouse, and it's called just going back and listening and listening and listening. we got to keep feeding on God's Word. And when you get tired of it, feed on it some more. <laughs> feed on it some more because it's life. It's life to us. So, anyway, just a couple thoughts this morning. Psalms 90, verse 10 is a famous verse uh, to many people. And in my small group, I'm doing a study of long life. So some of you in it will recognize some of this. But verse 10, it says, The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength there are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it's soon cut off and we fly away. So many people, I just had this faced again this, this past week, um, I was talking uh, about long life, and this person said, well, what do you do with that scripture? It says we have 70 to, at the most, 80 years. And so I went to explain that, that that's under the curse. That's when Israel was in the wilderness complaining and murmuring against God. They're saying, it'd been better if we'd been left in Egypt, been better if we'd died in Egypt. And so maybe we should just die in this wilderness. And God finally said, I'm just going to give you what you want me he, pronounced a judgment over them and said 70 years at the most 80. Well, in the United States of America, the average age is 78. That's the curse. That's the curse. That's within the range of the curse. 
how much more should believers be living in the blessing? So that premature death is under the curse. And we have to rise up and we have to take hold of and seize the truth for ourselves and resist what the enemy says. Else the enemy right now says you fall apart when you hit 70, 75. Everything's down the tubes. We do our birthday parties and we have black balloons and we say you're going downhill and all this stuff. Nothing's going to work anymore. Somebody's going to have to feed you. You're going to be in a nursing home. Your memory's gone. It's shot short-term, long-term. You don't know who you are. You're confused. And that sounds like a curse to me. And we can't have part in that because we're not, we've been redeemed from the curse. We're not to be uh, under the judgment of God. Judgment's been passed on through Christ. He, America's been judged at the cross. You've been judged at the cross. And guess what? We're not guilty. We're in him. We've been liberated, set free. <laughs> Glory to God. Galatians 3.13 it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Jesus redeemed us from the curse, that the blessing of Abraham, the father of our faith, who received by faith the blessing of the Lord, that that blessing is ours. So one thing I've been really sensitive to is where do I see a curse? What am I to do when I see a curse? I'm to curse the curse. That's what Jesus did. He cursed the curse. We're to not put up with it. And I've been looking around and I said, you know what, that's a curse. Get out of here, curse. You don't have part in my life. And and we need to be sensitive to those things. And when you read the list, I mean, it's everything evil, everything destructive, everything bad is in that list. And you find that in Deuteronomy chapter 28, starting at verse 16. And it is, it's gross. It's awful stuff. I mean, itching till you can't stop the itch, you know, overwhelmed. I mean, the whole thing is just everything, you know, is uh, the enemy... Uh, come against you seven ways and devour you and eat your carcass. You know, it's, just, it's just awful, awful stuff. And we've been redeemed from that. So if you see something bad to help you, that's part of the curse. We're to have the, the blessing in, in our life. But part of the curse was an early death. Jesus was 33 and a half years old when he gave his life. He took early death for us. He took that part of the curse we're not to die prematurely. Well, so what is the Bible talking about? Well, you got 120 years. That was actually a, a type of judgment then that God made. That was before the flood. But take 120. Actually, you can go beyond that. It says, to your satisfied in Psalms 91. Psalms 91 is for us. So it's, it's the blessing. But see, we've looked at the, the wrong way. You can tell most Christians, I'm going to live 120. They will mock you, laugh at you, and say, you're nuts. I don't want to live that long. Well, I don't want to live that long either, the way you're picturing it. I don't want to live that long. But, you know, we can have our youth renewed. And that's what we have to uh, take hold of. In, in Luke chapter 4, 
Verse 38, now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house, but Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever and left her, and immediately she arose and served them. So you see here Jesus dealing with sickness with the power of a rebuke, the power of a rebuke. When you speak to sickness, you know what happens? Sickness hears you. It hears us. And it must respond to the name of Jesus. Jesus rebuked the fever and the fever hurting. Remember, he spoke to the fig tree and the fig tree hurting. It's normal for believers to speak to curses and circumstances and trials and trouble to speak a rebuke against it. It's normal for our lives should be we should be speaking to things anything that comes against you if you're not speaking to it you're not releasing your faith oh me yeah if you're not speaking to it you're not releasing your faith well people will understand don't speak to it with a crowd around you know this is something you got plenty of individual time. You got an ongoing conversation on the inside of you all the time, 24 7. Even while you're sleeping, there's something going on talking to you inside. But you re rebuke. I mean, somebody says something to you, you rebuke it on the inside. I don't receive that because they can't receive what you, you can't go into a, a sermon about the power of the tongue at that time, especially they're not even saved. They're not going to receive it. And it's, it's casting your pearls for swine. I mean, it's, it doesn't make sense. So what do you do on the inside? Say no. But if you're not saying no on the inside, you're backing up. Your faith on the inside has got to be saying, nope, not me, not me. I'm not getting the bird flu. I'm not getting the pig flu. I'm not getting the flu. It belongs to the bird and belongs to the flu. It's named after them. But, see, we try and put it on the humans. <laughs> it's never the human flu. It's a mosquito. It's, you know, it's something else. But it's not ours. Even if they called it the human flu, we're hooked up to a supernatural God, and we are in Christ. So can you picture Jesus getting sick with the flu? No, can't. So we, we can't even, you know, go there. So the power of a rebuke is that sickness, disease, demons, and every work of Satan listens to you and obeys it. But I, I love what uh, Peter's mother-in-law did. said she immediately got up and ministered. The end result of healing is not just to feel better. The end result of healing is to minister, to minister for him. I don't want to be like the, the lepers, you know, one came back and was thankful and, and gave God the honor and glory. I don't want to be like the other lepers that just got healed and they felt better and they went their way. We need to testify that he's a healer and what he has done. We can't let our voice be silent. We've got to acknowledge him and give him glory for what he's done. And we're, we're not to let the uh, devil steal our testimony. And that's what uh, Peter's mother-in-law, she could have said, you know, I feel better, but I'm going to bed. No, she, she got up and she ministered to them. You know, that's, well, I deserve a break today. You know, I have been feeling bad for a couple of days. Thank you. I am healed now. I'm going to go lay down. Now, 
And tell somebody what Jesus has done. Give him glory. Let, just go ahead and let the enemy have it, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. In Luke 4, 40, it said, When the sun was setting, all those who had uh, any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, You're the Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, did not allow them to speak, for they knew he was the Christ. This is the same word, rebuke, where Jesus rebuked the fever and Peter's mother-in-law, exact same word. He rebuked the demons. Jesus dealt with demons, sickness, disease. He dealt with the curse, the works of the enemy, all the same way. He rebuked it. He rebuked it. Don't let your mouth be silent when there's a curse around you. Rebuke the thing. You curse the thing, uh, I mentioned it a little bit Sunday, by spitting on something. The reason Jesus spit times he was spitting on the curse, he was cursing the curse. And we're to curse the curse. We're to rebuke it and speak against it and, and not, not receive that. Now, rebuke here means, means higher, it means to judge. In the Greek, it means to sit in a, on a bench and look down. It's used as a, a, a judge looking down on people, looking and judging. We are to rebuke. We're to look and judge a situation, and when it's the curse, we rebuke it. We were, when we rebuke the devil or sickness, it's because we're a higher level looking down. Where are we at? Seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. We're in Christ. We're at the right hand. So we're looking down. They're, they're beneath us. They're defeated. And we can make a judgment. We can curse the curse and say, that's illegal. I'm under the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of Abraham is mine. So we have a right to rebuke because Jesus put us over them. All things are under his feet. Demon, sickness, sin, poverty has been placed under our feet because we're seated with him in heavenly places. So they're under, I like to say, defeat, defeat. He's under our feet. Now, he's under our feet, but the way you release the power of that is through your mouth. It's through your mouth. He might be living there, but you've got to speak it because you're releasing your faith in what you believe. And you've got to speak. You've got to declare it. We tread over the works of the enemy. How do you tread over the works of the enemy? It's not just because you're walking around. It's because you're speaking faith and you're cursing the curse and you're speaking the blessing over your life and those you're ministering to. We've got to use our mouth. We can use it for the wrong thing. We can use it to glorify the curse. We can use it to say, you know what? They say on the news that 90% of the people are, are going to get the, uh, the virus, the, the flu, going around. And uh, I know it's, it's from this weird uh, rhino in, in Africa that uh, happened to get bit by a mosquito and it traveled across the country on, on boat, you know, ocean, and it, it got here, and people were getting this and spreading around, and everybody's going to get it. And some will die, some will live. You know, just be prepared for that. Go get your shots. 
uh, just uh, get everything in the order in your household. Get your wills, get everything in order because you're going to die. <laughs> and Christians are talking that stuff, spreading around. We're glorifying the curse. It's really supposed to be underneath our feet. You know, what's under your feet? It's pretty small stuff if you're stepping on it. You know, it's, it's not really, you know, there'd be a bug, you know, every once in a while and you just go ahead and put the thing out. But really the stuff under our feet's not usually an issue, you know. There's an ant, okay. You're stomping some just walking around, you know. In Joshua 10, verse 24. So it was when they brought out those kings to Joshua that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the captains of the men of war who went with him, come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. And keep that in mind. Put your feet on the necks of these kings. Five kings come against Joshua, come against Israel. Five armies are coming against um, Israel. And this is what Joshua said, come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. And they drew near, put their feet on their necks. Then Joshua said to them, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Be strong and have good courage, for thus, uh, thus the Lord will do uh, to all your enemies against whom you fight. And afterward, Joshua struck them and killed them and hanged them on five trees. And they were hanging on the trees until evening. Think about this. There's this huge battle. All these are arrayed against Israel, children of God, these five armies. They, they win the battle, and Joshua says, take the kings, captains, put your feet on their neck, and then Joshua came by and killed them. And they were all killed. And then he said, they're dead, now hang them. Hang, uh, that was like putting salt in the wounds. I mean, that was the greatest insult that he could make to these other armies, to the enemies, was they're dead, now we're going to hang them. But the, the, the picture is here, when the kings were defeated, when they were killed, they were conquerors. But when they hung them, on the tree, after already being dead, they were more than conquerors. Jesus has defeated the enemy. It's the greatest insult to the enemy is when we come along to one who's already a zero, who's already defeated, <laughs> and we come along and we hang them on a tree <laughs> after they're already dead. We're more than conquerors. It's the greatest insult to the enemy that we have been placed above. God has set us higher than the devil, than the demons, than sickness, than disease, and curse. We have authority over it. So we're more than conquerors. I'll never forget the picture here in uh, Jerry Savelle. Uh, I, I love this picture, but he said, suppose uh, a man, he's, he's training for the big heavyweight fight, He's going through the jumping rope and running every day, shadow boxing. He's going through all this training and just sweating and work and work and work. And then comes the big battle, and, and he goes into the ring, and he wins the fight. 
and that fighter is a conqueror. And then they bring out, I don't know if you've seen any fights, they bring out these huge checks, you know, <laughs> huge, big old checks. And they bring, uh, the man's wife comes up, and she takes that check. Who is she? More than a conqueror. <laughs> she didn't do anything to win that victory. <laughs> but she got the money. She's more than a conqueror. We're more than a conqueror. When we rebuke the enemy, when we come against the enemy, it's a huge insult to him. It's rubbing salt into the wound. It's magnifying God and the great work that was accomplished at the cross, that finished work. It's a proclaiming that Jesus is Lord over every sickness, over every disease, over every curse. It is beneath my feet because I'm in him, and everything's beneath his feet, so it's beneath my feet, and I won't tolerate it. It will not rise up above under my feet. I'm not going to make it into a mountain. If it becomes that big, it's gone. <laughs> I'm not going to let the thing rise up and become something because it belongs underneath my feet. And that, that's what this was saying. When we rebuke the devil and his works, it's the ultimate insult to him because he's already been conquered by Jesus Christ. It makes us more than conquerors. We find in Luke 10, verse 18, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall from like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that your spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. But what I want you to see here, authority to trample on serpents or big demons. We have authority to trample over big demons and over scorpions, the little ones too. And then he says, and over all, all the power of the enemy. And you look that word up in all, you can look up in the Hebrew, you can look up in the Greek, and it means all. All the power. So anything he brings against you, we have power over it and we exercise or execute that power by speaking it, by declaring it. Even when everything in you wants to speak and say something else, you go ahead and speak the truth. You go ahead and say what God says. We have the power to rebuke demons, fevers, cancers, arthritis. It's under our feet. Satan is the father of lies. What's he doing? He's got a public relations. He's got... Uh, he's lying to deceive you and tell us that he's not defeated and that we don't have authority over him. But the truth is, we do. He's a liar. He's the father of lies. We have the truth. Maybe your paycheck's not covering all your bills. Have you spoken to it lately? That's a curse to be in lack and not to have enough. That's, that's a curse. Maybe your knees are... Or shoulders are hurting. Maybe it's authorized. Have you spoken and cursed that? Have you commanded to go and speak the blessing of the Lord into your body? Maybe a relationship. Have you spoken to it? Have you ministered and released faith? Because your shoulder hears you. Your marriage hears you. The enemy hears you. And he must obey. Because when we use the name of Jesus, that speaks to him. I'm eternally defeated and I have to obey. It's not about us, it's about his righteousness, it's about his power, it's about his 
um, faithfulness and the covenant that Jesus made with God the Father. We get in on it in Christ, so we get all the provision. We're co-conquerors, more than conquerors with him. And he just gave us the victory. We get it by faith. We got to, to speak it. The power has to come through your mouth. He's under your feet, but the power has to come through your mouth. You need to rebuke some things coming against you in your life. And you got to get to the point, how dare the enemy attack me in this area? you got to rise up. He's a trespasser. Uh, Joe's minister, so I, I love her illustration about the enemy being the trespasser on your property. You cannot put up with it. I had a dream. Uh, I'm sure I mentioned it sometime, but not that long ago, and FedEx came to the door. I came... Uh, to the door, and they had a, a package for me. And I said, what's that? I didn't order anything. It was full of snakes. I said, you got the wrong location. And they said, my address, yeah, I'm not accepting that. <laughs> send it back. <laughs> Wherever that came from, send it back. But it, it's interesting that I asked, what is that? You know, a lot of times Christians just accept whatever's delivered. FedEx, Satan X, whatever, whatever's delivered, they receive it. Oh, here's here's the curse. Well, isn't this a pretty safe serpent here? Right? No. We got to stand up against it. We got to use our authority because we are God's property. And we're surrounded by the fence of protection of his blood, his righteousness, his holiness, his integrity. We have God with us. You're not going to lose. Even when we mess up in this life, we don't lose. <laughs> because we're eternally victorious in Christ. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible's always speaking to us. God's word is God speaking to us. It's always his will. It's an inspired word or God-breathed word. Gave the illustration uh, on Sunday about if you fill up a balloon that if, and you went and tested that, that air, if I filled it up, it would come back for test showing my DNA. I could be identified from my breath. And God breathed into his word. It's not just a message from God. It's, it's not just uh, truth. It's God. He indwells his word. His very life is in his word. His DNA is in his word. So we've got to get in his word. What's the enemy want to do? Keep you from the word. He wants to keep you from life. The word says in John 6, 63 is life and spirit. So we, we're distracted, we're, we're busy, we're running to and fro, and no time for life. And we got to make time for life. You got to simplify wherever you have to, you got to make time for life. You got to make time for God. But the word of God uh, is like a sword and it has two edges Two edges, and you look this up, it means two mouths. Two mouths. 
That's a strange uh, definition, two-edged, but two mouths. And what does that mean to us, two mouths? Uh, you think about the, the word in Ephesians says that the Bible is the sword of the Spirit. Now, the, the greatest sword the, the, uh, against the enemy was one that had two edges. And what does that mean to be two mouths? Well, let me tell you what one mouth is. is when God speaks it. It has one edge. When God speaks his word, it has one edge. This, uh, and the word, word here is a, means rhema, which describes something that's spoken clearly, vividly, in unmistakable terms, undeniable language. The word rhema means a spoken word or a quickened word. So the quickened word, that quickened word, read it to you again, for the word or rhema of God, the spoken quickened word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, the Lord told me one time a lot of Christians are wanting rhema words, but they have no logos or written word. And the way to get a rhema word is to get some logos word in you. Everybody says, I just want a, a rhema word. I just want to fix here. But see, logos causes relationship. God is after relationship. He wants you. And it's just, well, I won't use that illustration, but you can think of it in marriage. It don't work. It's relationship. And uh, it's the same with God. We can kind of, it's almost uh, abusive, you know. Just give me that quickening word and I'm fine. I'm going to do my thing and we have no time for you, God. And it, it don't work that way. He's after relationship. But if you get the logos in you, you'll get some ramus. You'll get some quickening where God speaks to you and gives you a word. And, and, and those times, you don't forget those times. I had a time I was going to a men's meeting. I did not have the money for the conference, but I had quickening word from God to go. He said, just go. I'm going to take care of it. So I got in my car, and I looked over beside my seat. There was an envelope there. I opened the envelope, and there's the exact money that I needed for this conference. I checked the, the door over there. It was locked. Everything was locked. Nobody, you know, I said, I asked Ellen, do you know anything? No. She was shocked. Or said, nobody could have got in there because the, everything was locked up. God has a way, <laughs> you know, to get it, get it to you. And he can speak to you. It can be um, my crazy story about my cars, the, the one that, <laughs> I don't even know if they even need to go there, but this, this car that I spent so much money on because, the best car, the cheapest car, I'd read this, this book, was the car that you're driving. I proved that author wrong. I had a new motor put in, all this stuff. I dealt with a, a church person, his son, that put the motor in. After three times taking it back, it started making the relationship a little weird because the car still running like it was, you know, it was 100 years old. And... Uh, a black smoke was coming out of the back of it that I talked about people that had that kind of stuff and said, look at that going down the road. It's just a smoke. 
you know, coming out, and there I was, one of them. I don't know what, I had a, I talked about the, the car that you, the big trucks that were jacked up that you took a ladder up into. I'm stuck in Branson, Missouri. My car wasn't running good, so my dad loaned me his. We're stuck on the hill. The car will not go. I look down, and there's miles of cars in, in the mountain behind us, just praying. And here comes this guy. This truck is, you know, the tires are hiring my car. And here he comes up the side of the mountain. And he has a big chain on him, and these two big guys go out, and they chain us up, and they tow us over, and I'm going, Lord, I will never say another thing about the, you know, I'd say, I'd never have a something I had, and you have to get a ladder to get. said, God bless them, I'll never say another thing about them. I think those trucks are beautiful. <laughs> and anyway, they, they took us, and... Um, they thought they had the problem solved, and we broke down in the outdoor zoo there, and that was another story that uh, I'm out of the car working, and this thing comes up, and they told us, you broke down the most dangerous part of the zoo. <laughs> That's a, it's a long story. This thing's spitting at me and just, this uh, creature, anyway. Uh, where was I? Okay. Anyway, this quickening word came. <laughs> This, this quickening word came, you know, to get rid of that car. And I said, and it was completely out of context. I looked at it later. Because I told Ellen, I said, this car, I said, I'm going to the bedroom. I'm not coming out to hear from God. I, I did one of those that you're not supposed to do. And I, I talk against it, you know, opening up your Bible and just, but it said, do it now, my son, deliver thyself. I said, Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> I, I told Ellen, I'm, I'm driving. I, I got the paper. I said, there's a car. I, and there was, it wasn't too far away. I told her, I'm going. I said, I'm buying. I will not be back with this car. I got in the car, and I'm praying all the way because I have it floored. And I'm going maybe five miles an hour. And, and every once in a while, I go, you know, it, it accelerate just a little bit, and I'm going along, and I've got the smoke screen behind me, and I, I come to Quince Road, and the traffic's just going like crazy, and, and I can't get out, and I said, floored it, and said, Jesus! So I had a little opening, and just, Jesus! Honk, honk, you know, all this, and until the smoke hit them, and then they couldn't see, and they slowed down. So I pull into the dealership they're closing up and I came and I told the man I said I'm here to get a car he said no we're closed you know can you come back tomorrow I said no I'm coming for a car he said oh come on in <laughs> come right in uh sat down back there I told him the car and looked at it in the paper and uh, looked at it and he comes in and he says uh, look Mr. Thomas we need to drive your car just inside I'm going Lord, protecting, helping. Please let the car crank where he <laughs> So uh, he's getting ready to leave. He sticks his head back in. He says, uh, Mr. Thomas, do you need a drink? I said, I do. <laughs> 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 
Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so there I am sitting, and, and I, this is truth. He comes back, and it's probably 30, 45 minutes later, he comes back, and he's just gray. He's ashen, and, and he's just, Mr. Thomas, um, well, we, we can't give you anything. He said, we'll cover the tags. I said, I'll take it. <laughs> I told him later after I purchased the car, I, I would have paid you to take it. I was not taking that car back with me. I would have walked home and left it there and let you deal with it. But it was a quickening word, totally out of context, quickening word to me. It was a rhema, and, and that was it. But that's where the power is. You keep getting the word into you. You have that quickening word. But here's where it becomes two-edged. Is it's one mouth when God says it, but when you say it, it becomes two-edged, two-mouthed. And you have been given authority in the earth, and that's when it's powerful. That's when things change. The most powerful force on this earth is when God has spoken something and when one of his sons and daughters speaks the same thing as a rhema word, I'm telling you, that mountain goes, that sickness goes, that fever goes, the arthritis goes, that cancer goes, that poverty, that lack, that whatever it is facing you goes. We've got to speak to our circumstances. We've got to speak to... Uh, trials and problems, we, we need to be opening our mouths and speaking what God says. If you're not speaking that, you are allowing it. You're agreeing with it, not walking in faith. You got to work the mouth. You got to, to speak it. The truth is, people tell me, well, I, I just can't do it. I feel like I'm lying. Well, the truth is you're lying now. God is truth. Agree with him. The lie is what you're doing now. Speak with him. Well, I just can't. Uh, I just can't bring myself to you know speak I'm in pain or, or whatever. Look, you're speaking anyway. Your mouth is it's it's flapping whether you know it or not. Something's being spoke. So you may as well agree with God and be speaking life. Be speaking what produces results. The results that we all want. So it's the power uh, of the tongue. And it happens as you meditate on that word, that rain, that quick word, you just can't help but speak it. It, it just comes out of you and becomes that two-edged sword, two-mouthed, that sword. But if you don't speak it, it remains one-bladed. And faith is never released or authority is never exercised. Kenneth Hagin had Jesus appear to him, talk to him, and he could not hear Jesus, because a little demon guy in between them is going yakety-yak, 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 yakety-yak. And Kenneth Hagin kept waiting for Jesus to do something. And Jesus said, uh, Kenneth Hagin demanded it to go. He finally got irritated, and I command you to go at left. And Jesus said, thank you. I could not have done that if you hadn't. Because he's given us authority. He's not going to open our mouths for us. He told us to do it. He is not going to take authority for us. He told us to take authority in his name. So we've got to be the ones that rise up, and we have to, we have to speak it. But there's nothing more powerful than a word that comes from God than comes from our mouth. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. But that's the reason I believe so much in the power of a confession. Because you can actually have something in your head and get in your heart. You can speak it into your heart, to your walk in these things. But what you do is you make sure you take time to speak it, to do it. Well, does it get tiring saying the same things over and over? Well, one thing you can do, you can emphasize different parts. You know, the, the rhema word of God is powerful. Just emphasize a different part. You can make it more interesting to yourself because you're saying these. But when you realize, too, you have revelation of what you're doing, you're releasing the life of God and the blessing of God. I believe we can get past that part. Because I've been there, we've all been there, you're doing confessions. And, uh, maybe you just need to stop and take a, a praise and worship break. Just worship him. Then it you know, comes easy to go, yes, yes, yes. Because we need to speak. We need to declare. Don't go run at your mountain with your mouth shut. Don't go run at the enemy with your sword not drawn. <laughs> Speak the truth. If you do it in front of people, they're going to mock you, say you're nuts, whatever. Do it. You can do it yourself. You have time that you can speak and declare God's word, and you can minister truth and life to yourself and the blessing of God. We need some people living healthy and strong, 120 Beyond, can you imagine having no bills, the wisdom that you should be walking in? Well, Pastor, I don't want to look like a, a, you know, just shriveled up old, scared to look in the mirror at myself. Well, renew your youth like the eagles. I believe that you can still look good at 120. We had a man on the news who was 110 years old. And uh, this man, I don't know how many saw it, but he's 110, and he looked good. I've seen some that looked 110, and you're going, oh, dear God, help him. <laughs> oh, 110. I don't believe, and I don't want to make fun of them, but I believe we can look good and not be where people I don't want to see that. <laughs> Amen? Renewing our youth like the eagles. Oh, Father, we just thank you that you speak, have spoken to us this morning, to all of us, Lord, to remind us the power of the tongue and the words that we speak and, and that, Lord, you've authorized us to speak your word, to speak truth, and, Lord, you've told us to rebuke and curse the curse, not to be silent. Many times, Lord, we're speaking the blessing, but we're not rebuking the enemy. We're not rebuking poverty and lack and sickness and disease. We're not rebuking the things coming against us. But you've told us, Lord, to rise up and act like you and to rebuke the enemy. All the power. All the power of the enemy is beneath our feet. Not some of it, all of it is beneath our feet. 
the Lord ever we're facing, we rebuke it, we curse it, we make a judgment that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's not our power and authority, but his. But we stand in that, we're in Christ, and we make a judgment here, and we command cancer to go in Jesus' name. We command wherever chemical levels are anawak in our body to become normal in Jesus' name. We command our uh, heart hearts to be healed, heart disease to be cursed, arthritis to be cursed in the name of Jesus. We command it to flee because we've been redeemed from the curse. We've been redeemed. We've been redeemed. The blessing is ours. The blessing is ours. More than enough. El Shaddai, the God who is plentiful, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. We're to be a people who have nothing missing, nothing broken, completely prosperous, blessing and blessing overtaking us. So blessed we don't have room enough to contain it. Jesus was silent on the cross where we could open our mouth and speak with authority in that name, and the enemy has to go. Our bodies listen to us. The weather listens to us. Our circumstances listen to us. Our troubles, our trials listen to us. And we must speak it and declare it that's a curse and it has no part of our lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We give you honor. We give you the praise. And I rebuke every sickness, every disease represented in this place. We rebuke it from the root in the name of Jesus, and we release the power of God. We release God's healing virtue from the outside and from the inside of the believer. We resist sickness. We resist and rebuke it. It's part of the curse. It's not ours. We rise up against it like it's a trespasser, an uninvited uh, person living on our property, but we're God's property. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives and dwells within us. We're God's property, and we declare that it is blessed. Our bodies are blessed. Our minds are blessed. Our finances are blessed. Our emotions are blessed. We're blessed socially. We're blessed in the country and in the city. We're blessed everywhere in between. Our minds are blessed. The memory of the just is blessed. The memory of the righteous is blessed. I'm blessed short-term memory. I'm blessed long-term memory, and I'm blessed in between. I have the blessing of the Lord upon my mind, upon my emotions. I don't let circumstances or situations and giants, I don't let the liar uh, cause my mood to change. I'm always up in him because I always triumph in Christ Jesus. All things are under his feet and I'm in him, so it's beneath me. It's beneath me, and I look down upon it. I'm not getting down there on his level. I'm staying up high in Christ and looking down and making a judgment and saying they'll not have a part of my life. I speak financial blessing. I, I, I curse lack and, and poverty from our lives in the name of Jesus. More than enough. More than enough. He made Abraham very rich, very rich. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, for creative miracles. I thank you for new minds, new brains, new eardrums, new livers, new pancreas, new knees, new hips, 
new ankles, new feet. I thank you, Lord, for healing up wounds, healing up places where there's been cancer and been disorder. I thank you, Lord, for bringing your, your life into each and every person here, and it eradicates anything that's not life. Life displaces death. Life is stronger and greater than death. Death has been overcome by the life of Jesus, and we command the spirit of death to be gone. Death, go in Jesus' name. You're beneath our feet. Go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. And we declare that the testimonies of the Lord will be spoken. They will come forth, and they will bring you honor and glory, Lord. And I thank you for all that will hear and all that will be encouraged, all that will be blessed. And even those from the world will come seeking out a refuge, seeking out a help, seeking out what medical doctors have been unable to do, coming and receiving their healing and then accepting you, Lord, as their Savior and as their Lord. We thank you, God, for the dinner bell being amplified from this place. Amplified. We thank you that it's ringing boldly and strongly in this place like never before. And God, we thank you even as people listen online, they're being healed. Even as they watch online, they're being healed. We agree with that word. We agree with that rhema word and we speak it in the name of Jesus. We rebuke and curse the lack of testimonies, but we declare boldness that each will say and declare what God has done because we honor you and we worship you. And healing's not in itself. It's just the beginning of ministry and the declaration of the goodness and the faithfulness of our God. And we thank you and we praise you. Mighty name, the mighty name, the name that's far above every name that is named. Far above. In the name of Jesus, 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 hallelujah, 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 glory to God, glory to God. I speak health and wholeness in the marriages. Mm. I rebuke the spirit of divorce and separation. Speak the life into those relationships. We curse the curse. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Peace, peace. Emotional trauma. It's beneath our feet. Stress. Beneath our feet. Jesus' name. We're strong in the power of your might. Command weariness to go. And strength, the strength of the Lord. To rise up within us. I thank you for supernatural nutrition for our bodies. God, they don't know what we should eat, but you know. And, and Lord, we can eat the wrong thing. We can be a missionary somewhere and all they got is the wrong stuff. But we speak and declare that our bodies are, are blessed. Father, we thank you for supernatural weight loss where we need to lose weight. God, it's beyond us. We've tried and we're we gladly accept your supernatural grace. So you do it, Lord. We receive it from you. We receive the blessing in every area. In Jesus' name.
getting this picture of um, Goliath, David and Goliath. And, you know, David's just delivering something to those that are fighting. He stumbles across this picture. And can you imagine the first time that he saw his people hiding behind a rock and peeking out at the giant? And do you know what that giant did? All he did is he kept telling them how miserable they are. And there was no one that could stand up to them, no one. And yet David takes a look at the circumstance and he says, who is that uncircumcised Philistine that he can do that? Here's a young man in seemingly most people's eyes couldn't do anything, didn't even have a voice to say what he said. How could he even do? He wasn't even a warrior, you know. And yet he spoke to that giant. And did you remember, you, you all remember the account of it, but what did he do when he went after the giant? Did he go quiet? He went after him with everything in him, telling that thing that looked entirely impossible to be conquered by one young little man when all these mighty warriors wouldn't stand. And he went after him with the words of his mouth, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do by the time I'm done. And he did everything he said. Now look at, look at sickness and disease in that light. Go after it, just like Pastor said. Go after it with the word of God, because your stature doesn't mean anything. But he who is in you is greater than any sickness, any disease, any circumstance, anything that it looks like it's impossible and there is no way that you can win. Go after it with the word of God coming out of your mouth. And don't look at, look at how many people wouldn't do it. But one would, one would be the one that will. Be the one. Change everything, not only for you, but for everybody around you. He changed things for everybody around him because he took and he believed his God and he used the words of his mouth to effect the change. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.